Welcome to The Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. What is corporate culture and why does it matter when it comes to business outcomes? Do boards of directors have a special responsibility to oversee it? How can board members impact culture? How can they measure it? Hi, and welcome to another special episode of the Principal Podcast, where we're talking about boards of directors and their oversight of corporate culture, ethics, and compliance. I'm your host, David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN, and a member of the board of International Seaways, the second largest global oil tanker company. I'm joined again today by Dr. Marsha Urshagi-Hames, partner at the management consulting firm Tapestry Networks. This is second in our series of conversations this season about the critical role of boards in shaping ethical corporate cultures. Marsha, welcome back, and it's great to have you. It's good to be here, David. First, let's talk about the two-day Ethics, Culture, and Compliance Summit, which just concluded. It was a great opportunity to bring corporate directors back together alongside leaders of the ethics and compliance function to talk about the findings in the LRN Tapestry Networks report, Activating Culture and Ethics from the Boardroom. Marcia, tell us a little bit about who was there and the quality of the dialogue. Yeah, David. So as you said, you know, the summit convened directors and these senior executives to kind of discuss the the insights and the findings from the activating culture and ethics from the boardroom report. Uh, Across about a two-day, six-hour kind of period, we had about 40, we had over 40 participants uh, participate and they represented uh, a spectrum of industries. So we had financial services, consumer goods, pharmaceuticals, uh, tech sector, energy. So it was, it was a pretty diverse, I would say, set of perspectives and experiences. And what was really unique about this summit, though, is that there were no outside guests. Uh, and so the the dialogue, the exchange was, was really deep where uh, peers were kind of asking each other questions. They were sharing uh, they were reflecting on their own challenges, um, lessons learned, you know, their own kind of experiences. Um, and I think what was also unique is because the exchange was between um, directors and uh, senior executives, there was an opportunity to learn from one another in terms of like, what are you seeing kind of on the ground? What are, how are you kind of working with um, mid to upper management? Um, what are some of the programs looking like kind of within the hallways and the corridors of businesses and for senior executives to really get a perspective in terms of how uh, the independent directors are co- kind of seeing the holistic view um, of organizations. So we spent about, it was about six hours. Uh, we unpacked the the various dimensions of the report. Um, and we're going to touch upon some of this culture, structure, uh, you know, relationship with management, measurement, accountability, and trust. So let's kind of jump into it. I just want to add that I thought it was remarkable to see board members from some of the biggest companies in the world being extremely engaged in this in this set of, of issues. 
you know, pounding the table that ethics, compliance, and culture are crucial for both business success and sustainability. And it felt like it was just the beginning that they were eager to talk more and eager to bring the lessons back to their boardrooms and companies to take action. But Marcia, Tapestry just published a report on the themes from the summit. Uh, it was clear that board members believe strongly that culture matters, that it's a crucial underpinning of winning ethical companies. Yet, um, everyone struggles in defining culture. There were a number of interesting takes on how to define it. So could you talk a little bit about what were they and what are the implications of the fact that culture can seem elusive, even to directors who think it's crucial? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, well, so the directors were emphasizing quite a bit that, that much of how culture is sort of experienced and embedded into the business is so implicit. Um, it's, it's not so much kind of the, the rules and written guidelines and policies, but it's more of a, uh, an, a holistic kind of collective understanding of the, these are the unwritten, you know, hallmarks of, of the organization, but it's just how we do things around here. So, you know, very, very implicit in that, in that sense. Uh, and, um, but I think, you know, I'd like to call out one interesting kind of insight is, um, a number of directors talked about how culture can be experienced in different ways when you start to kind of take in or consider the variety of functions and the ge geographies of the business, um, the types of business. Uh, and so, so as they were discussing kind of evaluating and assessing culture, you know, one director said that you really have to look at all the components, all the pieces, all the ingredients. Um, and then um, directors also, you know, David emphasized the importance of the role of leaders, kind of looking to a variety of, of senior executives, different types of roles and functions to get more of an integrated view. So, so for example, you know, a number of directors said that while, the, while they look to the CEO, kind of for that holistic kind of lens into, into culture, uh, a number uh, indicated that they also look to other kind of functional business owners, um, such as, let's say, the chief ethics compliance officer, or a chief um, uh, HR officer, you know, kind of for insights um, and for ears, ears on the culture. But David, I mean, in the, in the conversations, you know, you were also hearing that a number of directors said it's really hard to kind of keep a pulse on or keep a grasp on, um, you know, the unsaid portions of culture, you know, how did you sort of, how did you sort of draw upon, you know, some of the areas of the struggles of trying to, to get a read on the narrative of culture? I think one of the areas of confusion can be culture is everyone's job. And so sometimes that can mean it's no one's job. Um, and there was a little bit of a discussion or debate about whether the chief ethics and compliance officer should be the owner of culture. And I think the important point here is, um, obviously, culture is broader than ethics and compliance. Culture is really about how everything happens around a company, 
particularly what happens when no one is looking. But I think for the ethics and compliance community, it's really important to say that if the chief ethics and compliance officer and her team doesn't have a point of view on culture and a culture strategy for helping employees do the right thing and speak up when they have concerns, that's not going to be a successful ethics and compliance function. So I think that uh, having more than one person, more than one executive take ownership for culture and feel like culture is definitely in their domain and that they have a central role in it it is critical. Mm You know, and another thing that, that that we should point out, too, is that while there were so many different kind of, um, you know, takes on, on, and we'll talk a little bit more about kind of ownership and, and who the board, you know, looks to, I, I sense that, you know, one, one kind of theme that emerged um, from a number of these conversations is that most agreed that values um, were really crucial underpinnings. Um, so to have to to be explicit and to state and to signal um, the importance of building a values based organization really came out as a strong theme. So David, you know, compared with um, the, the the formal structures of financial reporting and other types of uh, common topics that boards address, uh, boards lack well established protocols, processes, frameworks um, for the oversight of culture, ethics, and compliance. Uh, So structure, you know, how boards sort of organize themselves and develop kind of the more common structures and frameworks to to address uh, oversight of of culture, ethics, and compliance emerges as another kind of key theme in the summit. Uh, David, what are some of your kind of thoughts on um, how this can be sort of addressed and and some of the highlights you observed from the conversations in the summit? Marcia, this is a really important point. Culture, ethics, and compliance are basically newcomers to the board agenda. And that agenda is crowded. It's not a trivial thing to find ways to have focused strategic discussions and committees and at full board meetings on these topics. In fact, it's really an uphill struggle, particularly in audit committees. I've been a member of three audit committees over the past 15 years, and our agendas keep getting busier with topics that are absolutely must do from a legal and regulatory point of view. And I think most of the audit committee members at the summit agreed that this is a huge challenge. So the first step is creating a sense of ownership over culture, ethics, and compliance in the right place at the board. And that'll be different for different companies. Some boards have established compliance committees. Some have integrity and responsibilities committees. Others like my board at International Seaways give oversight responsibility on these issues to the governance committee, which I chair. The place doesn't matter per se. What matters is the ability to have consistent, focused discussions that get under the surface of what is driving ethics, compliance, and culture at a company. The other key is to to change common ethics and compliance reporting practices. 
we can't keep talking only about ethics and compliance activities, the number of employees trained, the number of calls to the helpline, the number of investigations and sanctions. We have to move the discussion to outcomes and underlying causes. We have to measure what's important, not what's just in motion. And so I think this is a good time for us to talk about measurement. There are actually quite a number of ways to measure culture and to get underneath the surface of corporate behavior and decision-making to reveal the drivers of good conduct and bad conduct. Yet again, board members at the summit seem to struggle with measurement when it comes to culture. So what were your key takeaways about measurement from the summit conversations? Yeah, so so it's it's interesting, you know, back w- before even the summit, you know, when we were conducting the study, David, one of the directors, I thought it was really notable, pointed out that um, that he said boards do not lack for data, but we lack narrative and interpretation of what the data is showing. And and as you were talking a little bit about kind of the series of kind of activities that that tend to be reported, so it's kind of these like point in time static dashboards. Um, in the summit, participants really focused on the importance of, of looking at the dynamics of data rather than looking at it as a static snapshot. Um, so looking at the patterns and the trends over time uh, really kind of surfaced um, in the discussion. Uh, another area uh, that uh, the exchange kind of moved into was the importance of getting into the trenches, like getting into the granularity of details and specifics. So understanding, let's say, you know, with large global organizations, are there certain geographies that are experiencing spikes over time? Um, Are there patterns, you know, appearing in some of the averages, uh, you know, uh, or on the edges? Uh, A number of directors actually pointed to uh, how they found value in seeing kind of the more qualitative uh, sets of, 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 of insights. For example, a few pointed to reading raw uh, input or comments on surveys uh, just to try to get a, a, a sense of not only the delta, but are there certain signals of deeper or, or widespread issues that may not just be as, as evident, you know, on kind of the more static uh, metrics. Uh, and then, you know, and then also combinations. So David, uh, a number of directors talked about the importance of correlating all these, all these components. So not to rely heavily on a single source, but to look at other types of factors, you know, uh, revisions of policies, uh, t- get input from HR and uh, diversity and inclusion, look at the safety uh, metrics, uh, correlating maybe uh, input on hotline uh, calls to some of these other other factors. And then there was also a few executives and directors that shared uh, stories and experiences of where their organizations had conducted uh, deeper dive uh, focus groups. Uh, and they they were very, um, I would say deliberate in in asking more probing uh, and uncomfortable questions. Uh, so, so that also kind of came up as a, as another kind of good practice uh, and a trend. However, I want to go back to a point that you made earlier, David, on kind of positioning kind of the ownership of culture. And I wanted to sort of highlight for our listeners that 
that while some mention, you know, the, the chief ethics compliance officer may be looked at or, or turned to as, as the owner of culture or culture strategy or culture program uh, and making this more of a priority. I think that most in the in the summit or in the conversation, and this is kind of to your point of, of structures and processes, really focused on it's the spirit of building relationships that's really important. And these relationships, David, don't happen over time. The, the communication has to sort of be ongoing. It ha- they're, they're, so while you need a level of responsibility, uh, there has to be you know, ongoing conversations so that some of these patterns and correlations can sort of surface over time. I also wanted to say I, it was interesting in the dialogue that there was um, appropriate, I guess, skepticism about surveys. We're all kind of surveyed to death. But there were also a number of directors who pointed out that the right kinds of survey questions can really uncover important themes and narratives in the company. If you're really trying to measure underlying drivers like trust, fear, organizational justice, whether executives and management are walking the walk in terms of company values and purpose, you can actually learn a lot. Oh yes, a- absolutely. And and going beyond that, because there were there were a few uh, directors that highlighted some concern over this this potential trend or shift to deeper reliance on some of the new technologies for, you know, deriving some of these metrics, let's say, you know, some of the more the machine learning and the AI, the artificial intelligence that can sort of run and and detect and and point to patterns. But there was a concern that without going beyond that and having some of that more human intervention, where you can sort of synthesize these patterns and, and drive more probing questions to get to the underpinning, to the root of the issues. So without that perspective, um, a few were, you know, kind of raising their hand and saying, let's not over rely on just kind of one uh, derivative of, of, of pulling the data. One of the things that this whole discussion of measurement leads directly to is um, compensation and how these issues might relate to CEO and executive compensation. So given that board members universally say culture matters, what do they say when we turn to the topic of culture and comp? So I would say the big thing that came out of that is the importance of uh, an integrated lens into it and deriving more balance. So the emphasis was, look, as, as board, we need to develop a greater balance around both the accountability um, and how we sort of structure incentives and comp. And there were some interesting kind of comments. So, for example, there were some strong views about uh, avoiding or discouraging uh, the sense of rewarding executives for doing the right thing. Uh, so while we had we had some good conversation, but very strong points of view uh, around, around that. So, for example, uh, there was a discussion, a specific discussion we had about how incentives can sometimes obscure signaling or or sending the right message, you know, about ethical conduct or doing business with integrity. Uh, And to to sort of highlight some strategies, a few directors said that what they did is instead of rewarding 
uh, or incentivizing doing the right thing. Um, instead, they said they've sort of treated incentives as a subtraction strategy or as a negative. Uh, so a parallel was presented in, in the summit, uh, for example, around safety culture. And they said, like, look, we've got these. We, it's good to set goals. We should have goals. Uh, but if uh, a particular safety goal had not been achieved, then there was a subtraction. Um, and um, there were a couple of other directors who also said that while while incentives can be obscuring in that sense, they do believe in p punishment uh, if if there's a failure on metrics, as opposed to let's say rewarding uh, doing doing business with integrity. Uh, and the the so the sort of kind of debate and exchange that we noticed is that there shouldn't be this sort of choice of we are winning but we can't win by doing the right thing. So it was, it was more so the how we get there. We all agree that this is the outcome that we want to see, but how we get to the outcome is just as important to, than the outcome. Uh, and in, in the discussion also, I would say most that I observed agreed that, that metrics are super, super critical, setting goals are, are, are critical, but again, the integration of applying values-based decision-making and the principles of the culture to, you know, how we build the products, how we lead our teams uh, and so forth was, was, was important. Uh, and then lastly, I think another thing to kind of call out is the directors sort of focused on setting that commitment so when the board devotes time and attention to culture, when they ask, when they're when they're setting setting that tone, you know, they're asking management to report on culture. Culture needs to be a part of their dashboards. Um, that intentionality from the board really, really sort of came out as a strong signal that that as a board, it could be a powerful signal to drive accountability uh, from management in this way. You can become a little too mechanistic or mechanical about compensation formulas. The important point is uh, management pays attention to whatever the board is paying attention to. And if there are clear expectations on the CEO and the senior team that culture, ethics, and compliance are um, important, that they're going to be discussed, and that there are expectations about how you drive them, Maybe it doesn't matter so much whether they're 5% of a compensation formula or not. I think uh, management gets the signal if the signal is sent. They, they certain, and they're looking for consistency too. They're, they're looking to see that this is the, these signals and these, these kind of commitments are not in reaction to, but that this is just the tone of this is how we're running, running the, running the business and the organization. So that kind of came loud and clear, but but building on kind of the sense of, of communication and creating a more, I would say, open uh, and, and transparent um, exchange between uh, the board and the management team. I mean, David, you've certainly sat kind of on, on, on both sides of the table here, uh, both as a uh, chief ethics and compliance officer um, and uh, a member of a board and you know, the concept of trust came up quite a bit uh, between both the, the dialogue, the exchange between board uh, and members of management, um, and the importance of building relationships. In your experience, um, what are some of the kind of 
important implications for chief ethics and compliance officers who are listening in today to really understand the critical importance of building and fostering trust um, with with the board and in establishing relationships uh, with the board. Yeah, I wish I wish uh, every chief ethics and compliance officer could have heard that part of the the summit discussion because it was amazing the extent to which board members uh, stress that trust drives good board governance and good oversight. And that's trust between management and the board, and that's trust within the board, among the board members themselves. And it's simple, but so true. Think about it. So much goes on in a major company. There are so many countries, so many business units, so many competitive forces, so much change that the company's coping with from society and from government. So how does a board know that management is bringing forward what the board needs to know when the board needs to know it? How can board members know that the chairman or lead director is openly discussing what he or she hears from the CEO? The answer has got to be in trust and transparency. And what the directors all said is that Building a culture of trust and transparency is no easy thing. It takes time. It takes openness. It takes vulnerability. It takes humility. So some of the things that board members at the summit pointed to are, are simple, but, but important and not always easy to find time for. Time for learning about each other's lives. Time for meals and, and drinks together. Time to get to know management below the top level, who they always see at board meetings. Being able to discuss strategy in an open way at offsite retreats. You know, all of the discussions outside of formal board meetings. Um, and I think, you know, in the end, this is about relationships. It's about real relationships, not superficial relationships. And so I think this is a good place to kind of wrap up. Um, this whole area of relationships is a major challenge for ethics and compliance executives. Do we really have a relationship with board members and the key chair of the committee that oversees us? Um, you know, could board members pick us out of a lineup? I think job one is building that relationship and finding a way outside of board member outside of board meetings to involve key board members in ethics and compliance and culture strategy measures and key initiatives finding a time to do deep dives on major uh, instances of misconduct and the lessons learned um, making sure that we make the case that culture is part an important part of the purview of ethics ethics and compliance Maybe not as sole owner, but as part of making sure that there's a strategy to support doing the right thing. So for those ethics and compliance executives who are listening and believe their boards may not care or may not care enough, I think the summit discussions point to the opposite conclusion. Boards, board members care deeply. They don't always know how to execute on those deep feelings. So this is the 
leadership opportunity and challenge for the ethics and compliance community to bridge the gap between the right intentions in the boardroom and the trust and relationships needed to create strong board support and tone from the very top that in the end will power great culture outcomes in our companies. So Marcia, it looks like we're running out of time today. Um, it's been really great having you on the principal podcast. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the role of the board in shaping ethics and culture with you in a future podcast and in our next forums together. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I feel like we're just at the, at the beginning. So looking forward to continuing the dialogue across the board. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.